welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, brought to you as an educational program under the nonprofit MANA Scholarship Fund. Our program is designed to help you better understand issues related to your physical and mental diet, what you consume that is impacting your head, your heart, and your soul. We are thankful to our business partnership with Paradigm Security and Mr. Rick Strawn for providing this opportunity to come to you. We hope to enrich your lives as he has enriched ours. So our guest today is me. I am going solo again today. What are you doing, Mike? I was going to give you an applause, and I kind of messed up, gave so I'm sorry. Music. But the music is fun. I like the music. It's, it's happy music. It is happy music. So today... I, I was just trying to make you angry, by the way. Oh, it's trying to frustrate me, are you? Right? Okay, so, so Mike, today, the uh, topic of our show is anger. See, what? I, see I teed you up. What did I, it, I've messed up your show already. Already, but it, it's so much fun. But you're, 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 you're doing very well. You're not yelling at me or anything. Right? This, that's because I'm going to try to tell you what anger is and what to do when you have it. So this is dedicated to all of the people out there just because people get angry, right? So I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about anger uh, because this is a consistent problem across the ages. And... Um, if you are a Christian out there, even Jesus got angry. So it's not a sin in and of itself. Anger is not. What you do with your anger can be sinful, but emotions in and of themselves, fear, anger, um, rejection, rage, all of those things are not sinful and they are not shameful. So what I want you to understand today is that um, anger is, it's a fact of life, it's a part of life, and it actually is something that you in and of yourself will need to learn how to manage, learn how to tame, and um, you, you will feel so much better when you feel like you can manage your anger. So this, this is actually for literally for everyone. This isn't just for people that are, that, that are explosive and have rages and uh, go off um, either physically or mentally, I mean, physically or verbally. Um, but I, I do want you to understand that um, anger is normal and it's just something that you will need to learn how to manage. So for so what anger is is a signal to your brain that it's it's kind of a frustration but in a huge like in a huge way so think about a continuum so from zero to ten let's say um anger might be at a zero might be or at a one <clears throat> might be uh, that might be anger, right? That frustration, like that's that, mm, I wish that I could make this change or different. Um, rage goes all the way up to 10. And when I ask people like, how do you feel? How's your, what's your level of anger from zero to 10? And they go 12. 
I'm going to tell you what that means. That means that I am doing something or I get so angry and so frustrated that even I am not in control of me. And that's, that's what that means is it is uncontrollable anger. Um, which I believe that with time and skill, uh, and skills training and, and practice, you can learn how to at least bring, if you have anger at a 10 or a 12, you can bring it down to a six or a seven. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, so anger is, I think I've talked before in here about the emotional egg. So imagine that you take a hard boiled egg with the uh, shell on and you cut it in half. You have a Ginsu knife and just, oh, and you cut it lengthwise in half so that you see the yellow, the white, and the shell. And the inside of the egg, I'm just going to run through this again, is hurt, pain, and shame. This is this is something that I've developed probably 15 years ago, um, and I've used it over and over and over. It makes sense to me. It may not make sense to other people, but a lot of my clients really like the way that this is sort of put together. So the inside, the core of the egg is hurt, pain, and shame. And that's really the core of anger. And I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit. Um, then there's a thin membrane that separates the yellow from the white. I consider that vulnerability. Vulnerability is probably the most human emotion that we can have because all humans are vulnerable. We all have the capacity to be hurt and that's exactly what vulnerability is. And so if I am in a situation and I feel vulnerable, but I don't feel safe, then I'm going to do things to protect myself. If I'm in a situation with my best friend and I get vulnerable and I talk about the things that are bothering me the most, then I feel, and I feel safe, then I, I can, I can continue to, to really actually deal with the pain and I can deal with the things that are going on inside of me. And so that sense of safety is huge in learning how to deal with the pain, hurt, and shame that you might have. The, the white layer is what I consider fear or anxiety. And so this is really kind of a warning signal. So fear and anxiety and then the shell is anger. Those, those two, two levels are really our way of um, being able to know that there's something scary for me, that I'm vulnerable to something. And fear and anxiety is my way of fleeing or the flight in the, in the fight, flight, and freeze. Uh, fear and anxiety is my running away. Anger is my sense of I've got to stand up. I've got to, even though I might be scared, I've got to attack you. So that's my fight response. And so anger is our fight response when we are feeling afraid, feeling vulnerable, that we might be hurt in pain or in shame. So one of the things about the structure of the brain is that the, if you would, if you hold your hand, if you hold your uh, arm and then you, you make a fist and you sort of pull your fist forward, 
where your fingers tuck in, if let's say there, you have an almond in, your, in, in the palm of your hand and you're holding that, that is where you would uh, find your emotional center. The, the, your arm and the um, wrist part is your spinal column and then the back of your brain. And so all of our nerves go from different parts of our brain and they sort of converge in the back part of our brain and then they go down to different areas in our body. So our brain and our body is very intricately connected. And really the center of our brain, right above where all of these nerves converge is where our emotional center lies. So when, when you are seeing something or hearing something or feel like, you know, your, your skin just like, uh, your skin just got on, on edge. Um, <clears throat> it is, that is, those are sensory inputs that go up your body into the back of your brain and they hit the emotional center first. So even, so we are in a position where we emotionally respond before the front of our brain, um, right above your, your nose, if you go about three or four inches up, that is your prefrontal cortex. And that is where all of your rationale converges. It's where your personality is, it's attention, it's concentration, it's all these different things that converge right there. So if you think about the center of your brain, sort of like behind your, if you were to, well, in the back of your neck, all the way to the, the front of your head, there's, there's, unless there are uh, pathways that have been created, it's going to be, you're going to see an emotional response before you're gonna see a logical response. And this is usually what trips people up. So this is why we need to practice having a sense of calm. We have to practice that because if we are just left to responding all the time then the emotion the in terms of being a, think about the train right let's let's put a an engine and then a, a a car and then a caboose and so the way that people are created the engine is the the rationale the logic the thought process the uh, center car would be the emotion and the the back car would be behavior so thought feeling and emotion and that's literally the way things are that that our brain functions we we see something we sort of have this uh very quick perception about what's going on and then we have an emotional response and then we have a potential behavior and that can happen in as little all of that can happen in milliseconds and so for you to learn how to slow your reactions down, that's the main goal. Uh, I've been thinking about this actually quite a lot. Um, I think that one of the primary goals for people, like if you think about people that are considered wise, uh, if you really study them, they're, they're different in that they're slow. They, they, they don't react to things. They contemplate things. They're, they've practiced over the years thinking and analyzing what their thoughts are, analyzing their perception of a situation before they react and they respond. And so I think that 
that's actually one of the primary goals in a therapeutic response and in a, in a therapeutic um, situation. If you're going to therapy and you are having some sort of a problem, you might be drinking too much, you might be raging, you might um, have interpersonal conflicts, you might be on the verge of getting fired. I mean, there's lots of things, there's reasons why there's problems. People come into therapy for problems. And so the problem is typically that you are behaving or responding in a way that is not your best self. And so the practice of going into therapy is learning how learning tips and and tricks and tools and reasons why so that you can be your best self so there's really no shame in going to therapy i'm going to put in a plug for therapy right now because therapy is i mean it's actually very good it's like going to the gym but for your brain and your relationships and your behavior that's that's all it is all right so um our let's go back to the brain so something happens my emotional brain gets hit first and and i react or i say something and then my logical brain goes oh no what did i just do and so the goal is to slow that process down so there are a, there is a, a practice uh, type of therapy called dialectical behavior therapy and without being um, rude or disrespectful to it, I believe that dialectical behavior therapy is a great way to learn how to manage thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And so there's no judgment in DBT. It is simply looking at what's going on, thinking about the way that you're seeing it, thinking about the way that you're reacting to it, and putting in different ways of putting in alternate ways of responding to those situations. So let's say um, I'm trying to come up with an idea. The let's say I, I get in a car wreck, right? And or somebody cuts me off in traffic, and I. I mean, come on, this, well, I live in Atlanta. I don't know where you live, but in Atlanta, traffic is pretty bad. And one of the things that pretty regularly happens if I'm trying to drive in a safe way is that other people are not, and they're zooming in and out of traffic, and it scares the bejesus out of me. So I respond, and I, you know, it's like a knee jerk, like, ah! Um, and so one of the things that I might do is start saying some expletives, <laughs> what the hell are you or what are you doing um and so this is where a lot of people can get tripped up if they're not in control so just because somebody does something that's dangerous and could put you in danger then my reaction or your reaction might be anger because you're scared because you might get hurt so I want you to see how that sort of trickles down into the hurt, the pain, and the shame. And so one of the practices could be that instead of responding, and this is something that you literally have to think about first. You have to think about, you have to, a great thing for you to do might be to um, 
put put down on a piece of paper what is the thing that makes me the angriest is it my child is it my wife is it my boss is it my employee is it my friend like it, whoever it is because i believe that everything comes uh, all of our most important things that we do come from relationships and so being a person that you want to have a relationship with or that other people want to have a relationship with is one of the most important things that makes us feel loved and happy and safe and successful and so if you're struggling in a relationship so the first column would be relationships and so the second column would be thoughts what am i thinking in relation to this person especially in this situation so the situation might be someone cut me off in traffic and so my thought now you know in that situation you may not think first you might respond and yell so you can skip the 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 thought column and you can go to the emotion like this is what i do i get scared and i and i and i get mad and then the behavior column would be i scream and yell and i flip them off and i whatever it is that you do going back to the thought column so what you're doing before you what what you're doing before you are acting is you're interpreting that situation so who am i what is the situation that i am in before in in relation to the situation and before i re, I, I act so the thought might be he is putting me in danger i could die and so if the situation is someone's cutting me off in traffic, the underlying millisecond thought is I could die. And my response is I get angry and I yell. And or, or my feeling is I get angry and then the behavior is I yell. So again, let me just go over that again. So this the relationship situation, the thought who I am in relation to that person and or that situation, the feeling, what's the predominant emotional you know reaction that you have and then what do you do with that and if you start putting that down and you what happens when you put it on a piece of paper is you can look at it it puts it in a space that's not in your head and that gives you honestly a little bit of space like a mental space and it's like putting a math uh, problem on the board when you were a kid like all right 25 times 632 is so I can't come up with that answer without doing the little bitty pieces of math inside of that then I can come up with the answer and so that process where you're doing the little bitty pieces of math is literally the analysis of the whole situation so I encourage you to go ahead and write those things down and then look at them. You might need to, well, if you're driving, don't do this, all right? <laughs> Let's be safe. <laughs> However, if you... <laughs> Y'all, I have no control over Mike. He just ad-libs. <laughs> uh, However, he... Um, so what happens is uh, when you put things down is that you can look at it, you can analyze it. And if you do that over time, 
then what what's happening is you're able to solve that problem a whole lot quicker. And so this is a great homework exercise for you to do so that you can look at your life and the situations in your life in a much more calm, rational, um, uh, analytic way. So you're analyzing what's happening inside of you, which could happen over three milliseconds. And so the more that you, and, and what this is doing is it's creating a, mo an, a pathway between the emotional center and the front of your brain, your, your prefrontal cortex. And the bigger the path, the more that you do this, it's like the more that we, the more, think about when you learned how to ride a bike, right? You, you didn't know what you were doing. Your brain didn't know. Your, your body was like, what is going on? I don't feel balanced. I don't, I don't know what to do. And so you fall over and then you get back up on the bike and you try it again. And so I want you to take that approach to doing this self-analysis. It's, it's okay that you're not going to get it right the first time because most people don't. In fact, it takes some people years to do this. And so as you look things, you know, write it down. And if you have to get away from it, then um, that's okay. Like take a breather because that's actually one of the best things that you can do to take a deep breath and just try and calm your body down because the same time that you are reacting and having that anger what's happening in your body is everything is like people that fight immediately what happened your fist gets into a, a clench right y you make a fist with your hand and that's literally the, th the same thing that's happening all over your body your your lungs are getting tight your chest is getting tight like everything just tightens up and it's like so that your body can respond to fight, flight, or freeze. Well, fight or flight, freeze is a, that's a different, that's a different ball game. So the more that you are looking at your patterns of behavior, the more that you are creating a pathway, a neural pathway between the emotion and the prefrontal cortex. And the more that you do that, it's like, I like to say it goes from a dirt road or a little bitty path to a dirt road to um, a more rocky road and then maybe a little bit of blacktop. And then the more that you practice doing this, it turns into, you know, 7585 in downtown Atlanta, like 12 lanes of traffic that's going both ways. And so you're going to have a much easier time calming yourself down so that you don't over respond or overreact in a way that you're not going to appreciate. And so it's bringing what's unconscious, the pain that's unconscious and in you inside of you to the conscious level so that once I'm aware of something, I can do something about it. I can choose to do something about it or I can choose not to. So this is just giving you actually that thing that most people like is control. People love being in control. Now, people feel less of the need to be in control of other people the more they feel in control of themselves. So that is actually one of the primary 
goals for this whole situ- this whole situation and to slow down so that you can respond in a situation to keep the relationship and to keep um, feeling good about yourself and making a, a healthy, wise decision. That is actually one of the concepts of interpersonal effectiveness in DBT. So the, uh, um, the main goal is to manage yourself and feel like you are at least in control of yourself in the situation versus the situation controlling you. So I hope that this has been helpful to you. Um, I have lots of other analogies that I was going to use, but I didn't. So um, I hope that you like this uh, podcast. I hope it's been helpful. I can come back and I can do more on fear and anxiety maybe next time. So um, I never do this, but if you ever need help and support in learning these new concepts, (coughs) excuse me, I have a scratchy throat today. Um, You can call MANA Treatment. It's uh, M-A-N-N-A treatment.com. And there's um, just tons of information on what we do. We work with most types of people. um, And the number to the practice is 770-495-9775. MANA Treatment is a sub part of a a part of a program under the MANA Scholarship Fund. We are always welcome. I mean, you're always welcome to make donations to the MANA Fund. So um, this is Dr. Jeannie Burnett. Uh, I appreciate you listening today and listening to uh, Food, Faith, and Feelings. If you ever want to be a sponsor and come on the show, um, shoot us a call at 770-495-9775. And don't forget, that you can enjoy any of our episodes of Food, Faith, and Feelings anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Food, Faith, and Feelings. This program is also available on Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until next time, I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, and you've been listening to Food, Faith, and Feelings on Business Radio 